mean, obviously, the first thing that people are going to hear on this podcast is me having fucked up uh, recording it the first time. But good uh, morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Uh, my name is Ben Hopkins, and welcome to the People Who Make Shit podcast. This is insane. I'm sitting here at 7.51 a.m. on a beautiful October morning. Um, not an hour that musicians or bartenders, which I both of the things that I'm currently doing, um, are awake at, but... I sort of just sprung out of bed today, excited to record this intro. Um, I'm starting a podcast. Uh, people who sort of know me know me from my old band called Power Bottom, which was a drag queen punk band. Well, I was a drag queen. It was a punk band. It was a band. Um, but I'm also, you know, I was a Twitter person, and I do all kinds of different stuff. Um, I really, when I was thinking about making a podcast, because I'm, I'm deeply, deeply obsessed with them, and I don't really actually listen to music that much anymore. I just listen to podcasts, like, all day long. I'll listen to, like, if I like one, I'll listen to it, like, four or five times in the week. I don't know if anyone else does that. Um, yeah, but I'm a person who makes all kinds of stuff. I actually studied playwriting before I ever did music, and then currently I work in the service industry. I actually help program cocktails at a cocktail bar these days, which is something I'm very new to, and I'm just saying I just help doing it. I have an amazing, uh, like, I'm a deep, deep underling there, but it's something I'm obsessed with now. Um, and yeah, you know, I do a lot of different stuff, and I sort of was just like, well, if I'm going to make a podcast, it has to be about just making things. Hence the name people who make shit or make things podcast. I still haven't really decided on the name. <laughs> You'll be able to figure out what it's called from the art that I'll put up with it. And maybe the song I'm trying to write in the next like five minutes. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I just like, I know a lot of different people who make a lot of different kinds of things. And I think that there's a lot of value to be gained by sort of like, it's not a, like, I'm going to pick their brains. But for me, like, I'm a person who's obsessed about all of the little references that the people that I like, like, if that makes any sense. And so I'm always sort of trying to like, bait people into being like, who's your favorite secret band that gives you all your special sauce to like, make the stuff that you make? Oh, should it be called Special Sauce Podcast? <gasps> oh, I kind of really like that name. Oh my god, the second debate is going to be virtual? Oh my god, that's also crazy. Special Sauce Podcast is really good. It's going to be called that. All right, it's called Special Sauce Podcast. I could not like ignore that little like moonbeam of energy. Cool. People who make shit. That's such a bad name. Special Sauce Podcast is super good cuz you know you want to find out what that special sauce is. Like what is that thing that, like what made you who you are and like like what are the little things that you're always like what lives rent-free in your head is what I've... We have a little section. Well, you'll see. I'll talk about it later. But hi, baby. Oh, my cat. My cat is walking by right now. He's a nice boy. I also am a crazy cat lady these days. So I def... Oh, I should talk to my friend who's a cat person. That's a good idea. All right. <laughs> I'm going to stop rambling here deep in the early morning. But um, my very first guest in this podcast is a dear friend of mine uh, who's called... Uh, well, he's called Laganja Estranja, but I know him as my friend Jay Jackson. Um, she was on the sixth season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Cue, sound cue. Yeah. Or maybe I won't even put a sound cue in. I don't know, but you'll know what I'm talking about. I mean, she's a genius person and performer. She's also a musician. She's a very good rapper, actually. Um, and a cannabis activist and all kinds of different amazing stuff. And so when I was thinking about who I would talk first... 
I talked to first, it had to be her because she makes so many different kinds of things. Like she has a weed line and she does all kinds of stuff like that. And um, I just thought she'd be a really hilarious first person to talk to. And so I talked to her a couple days ago um, over Zoom, uh, which is, you know, hopefully once Miss Rona decides to be stop yanking the wigs off the kids, we could probably do some of these interviews in person. But for now, I'm doing a bunch of really fun Zoom interviews with everybody. And um, yeah, I guess we'll get into it right now. Um, we talked a couple days ago about her curtains. Her dog was there. She smoked a blunt. I drank a glass of wine. Talked about being gay. I'm also gay. Well, queer and gay, which is, yeah, the same, you know, square, rectangle, rectangle, square. Um, and yeah, there we go. We're going to get into it right now. I'm so happy to have you here, and I'm so happy to be here every Tuesday from now until maybe I forget about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's my interview with Lagonde Sarandra. Are we? Yes, we're recording. I see the record buttons on. It's on, girl. How are you? I'm good, sweetheart. How are you? I'm good. I know I just asked you off recording, like how you are, but like it's okay. We have to do it again for everyone. I'm used to it. We got to let the girls know (laughs) how it is. You know, it's funny. So, and as I said off camera, like this is the first episode of this podcast. I've been wanting to do this for like a long time, but I kind of didn't really know like what I would want to talk about. And then I realized, like, the only thing I'm interested in life is just making, not like just music or whatever, drag, but just like stuff. And so I feel like I have all these great friends that not only make like what, like whatever they're known for, but just like do a lot of different other random things that they never really get to talk about. Sure. I was promoting stuff. So I was kind of interested in like, what's beyond the craft table? Um, so here we are on this podcast that in the, you know, forward that I'll record eventually after I talk to some people will have the name of the podcast on it. But for now, it's just a cute little conversation between us girls. So, so I know. Me. I like that I said Ben and Jay get weird. I was like, is yeah. that the title? I mean, it felt like an appropriate name. Like if I was like right. podcast episode one, it's like it is, but we're also getting very, very weird. We are the weirdos, honey. I, I own have, that. Yeah, but like, let's talk about the background in this gorgeous footage. So you have a, what appears to be a crinoline, maybe like a tool curtain. Like, tell me yes, about- I'm giving you a, what is this called? This is called- uh, Is it crinoline tool? It's not tool. It's, um, Come I don't on. know, it's see-through material. Yeah, it's a, it's like a, um, a skirt puffing material almost like a yeah yeah we love that is that good for keeping the light out or is it just for a look i i don't use it to keep the light out as Mm. you see the light is coming in maybe we're trying to bring that light in baby that's right i used to to live in a cave that was totally my thing growing Mm. up especially as a young adolescence but the older i get the more i understand the importance of opening up the windows letting the sun in like and also like we need to get that vitamin d during coronavirus because it apparently kills the virus is what they're saying these days (laughs) I don't know. I, my D&D group met the other night and this kid who I played D&D with was like, well, Ben, the UV rays, it's going to get us together, honey. So, and he works for smart people. So, Okay. Well, that's a lot of D's. So I'm, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm let's get those D's in there to beat Corona. Um, so yes. anyway, listen, I'm so happy to be talking to you. Um, I have sort of been channeling all the different interviewers that I've liked over the years. Cause I, you know, power bottom, whatever, like I was interviewed a lot and it's so easy like when you know when you start an interview and they're like so how did you meet like what was drag race like like you can just tell right. you're like oh damn like i'm in for another one of like these sort of like 
they like the perfunctory kind of things just like sure. across but so we're gonna go on a little bit of a journey today oh i love that i know you i'll do. buckle up you better hey seat belts helmets right, knee pads. wait a minute okay so i'm obsessed with roller skating now now that like i mean i have been we've been there since roll bounds came out and even before that okay but you know like this fierce beautiful queens on instagram doing like this like sort of disco revival roller skating thing yes none of them have helmets on right and it really worries me <laughs> i don't know if that's weird to say but like i'm always like yes like you're so amazing but like when you fall the fabulosity ends it does which is the but i have a yeah. feeling those girls have fallen many a time and know right. how to get up and carry on without their fabulous <laughs> you know and i feel like trying to hide the the hair underneath yep. the helmet it would just really take away from the art mm-hmm. so i think we have to view those professional roller skaters as just that professional right. That's and part they can yeah. make their own choice whether to wear the helmet or not but if you're trying it at home then mama wear the mama helmet. mama put on a stacked six turn 13 like you trust know, me i'm definitely it. not going rollerblading without a helmet just no saying. i mean some wigs that i've seen you and others wear could function as a helmet let's let's call it well i mean they might add some cushion but i think you really need that hard surface to to block the embrace of falling a helmet is just a hat with a lot to say and i think that is what we really come for on this podcast that i (laughs) get so listen this first section in this podcast let me just get my fucking notes up here is called who are you bitch (laughs) i love it right i know i have this um horrible allergy moment happening so i feel like i sound like I'm one of those like fierce radio DJs who's just been talking for like years on end because like I'm, I'll be gr- I'm grizzly and I'm coughing. Well, I always sound like David Sedaris, so it could. Oh, oh, I love, I love him. him, but I'm not trying to sound like him, Mary. Right, I know, but he lives in France and like has a great life. Um, a great artist. Yes, and his sister is everything. And yes, like, oh my God, you know what? You, t- the two of you, have got a little bit of a thing going on. I feel like, as so far me as, and Amy. Yeah, I feel like you and Amy could light it up and really talk. I about feel like show. we would absolutely get along. My sister raised me on Strangers with Candy, so oh. uh, I definitely have a huge love of Amy Sedaris. Love her coffee table books. Yep. I mean, basically anything she touches to me is piss gold. So I it, love it. it. And the cover of the, most of those are a nice sort of gold color. So you know, right. Shabbat Shalom. Okay, so. Let's get it. Thank you. Let's get it going from the top here. So I have a little bit of a cute, like it's going to be like a bio in parts, like I've kind of compiled. So your full name is J. Evan Jackson. That's right. You were born on December 26, 1988. So you're a Capricorn. 28. December 28. 28? Okay, well, somebody better get on that Wikipedia and get that shit Uh changed. (laughs) Uh Okay. So you're a Capricorn. Yeah. I know a lot of dancers who are Capricorns. Have you found that to be true? Um, well, I find that most people I hang around are Capricorns. Really? I think Capricorns are a really strong sign. And so we generally gravitate towards one another. Yeah. Yeah. My best friend is a Capricorn. Like mm-hmm. pretty much everyone in my life is a Capricorn. It's kind of crazy. Do people, you, are people you collaborate with Capricorns as well? Or is yeah. that just you? My, my biggest collaborator, Robert Heyman, he's a Capricorn. My other oh, collaborator. Oh, you did Joseph, the Muse Me thing with him, right? Exactly. Right, my right, other okay, collaborator, Josetti, who we do a thing every Thursday. It's called Transformation Thursdays. Also yes. a Capricorn. Love that. So yeah, really? we, we, we Capricorns are a little cray cray, so we tend to stick together. But it's a powerful energy, I find. And it's an energy that um, I have worked with so much in my life in the food industry. Because um, like, besides doing music and drag, I've actually, the entire time through Power Bottom and before it, and now for the past few years, I've 
because my parents have a catering company. I've worked in food for 15 years, actually, which wow, is wow, I didn't yeah, know it's crazy. I never really talked about it before, but um, a lot of the chefs I've worked with, particularly female chefs and queer chefs, they've always been Capricorns. Interesting. Or Scorpicos. We're definitely on our money moves, that's yeah. for sure. Oh, she's so talented. Um, so anyway, so you were raised in Dallas, Texas, which is a city that I love and is so very gay, um, especially around the Club Dada area, which is somewhere I love to hang out. Really good th- uh, vintage stores down there as well. I've gotten many a frock uh, in that general area. And you went to the Booker T. Washington School of the Arts, which I know about because I'm obsessed with this guy called Mark Ribollet. Do you know who he is? Oh my God, that's my friend. Shut up, are you serious? Yes, we went oh to high God. school together. That's amazing. I've that's actually gone and seen him in concert since we graduated many moons ago. That's and awesome. he's amazing at what he does. Oh, he's so sexy and great. He is very and, sexy too. Oh, he's just great and so talented and so, t- you know what it is? It's like, I think you can maybe relate to this in this like time of quarantine like he's already been on that inside technology tip. Like he's like, he's got the setup and it's all well recorded and the film quality is good. Like every time I've tried to go live or do anything, I've just like fallen to pieces and cried and he's just right. like on it. And he did this live session with Erica Badu who also went to your high school as well. When did he do this? That's so cool. Girl, he did it like two weeks. It's so good. That's amazing. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. No, but it's like, it is just like the funkiest thing that's like ever happened. And she wears a, um, like a metal pyramid on her head the whole time. And I was like, Erica said social distancing. <laughs> it's like this. I have to watch this. You have to watch it. Oh, so it's so cool. awesome. No, you check it. Seriously, like, we'll take a little cute break in a second, but it's like, it is so, and they have such good chemistry together too. It's fantastic. So that's yeah, so I mean, cool. good yeah. for him. Well, yeah, she did go to our school. Nora Jones went to our yes. school. Roy Hardgrove went to our school. Yes, yes. We yes, have yes. a long list of incredible And Kennedy people. Davenport went to your school as well. That's right, Miss Kennedy Davenport. Yes, who I have had the privilege to see before and is just transcendently genius. The dancing diva doll. Uh, well, all those Texas girls, you included. I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, I don't know if I've ever spoken to the length to which, like, I love just drag in general, like beyond drag race. The funny thing is, I mean, this is, who are you, bitch? I guess the, the, the way I knew you before drag race is I used to watch Mickey's YouTube channel every single day. <laughs> like that was my, like, when I was in like theater school, like, and I remember watching you being like, who is this person? Like, just like, it was like your first amateur night contest, I think is on the internet, is it not? Yeah. I remember watching just being like, this is so sick and like must not be from california or like but you know could be but like this feels sure. like a different profile of sure. drag but yeah so you know growing up there i mean that must have been an amazing environment like i was always so jealous of kids who got to go to those fierce schools i mean i had a great performing arts program and everything but like was your interest at that point solely dance because i think of you as like also a musician because i love your music like did you create music back then well, I grew up in musical theater, so I think right, that's okay. why I have a love of all the different arts and using them together to create one big, like, powerful mm-hmm. manifesto. Yeah. Uh, but for me, no, I wasn't really creating music in high school. I definitely was still heavily involved in musical theater and was right. in my musical theater group in high school. But I think even at that point, I knew, like, dance was where I wanted to go. Right. So when I applied for colleges, I did both musical theater and dance. And mm-hmm. I got into different schools in different areas, but I chose to go to uh, CalArts right. here in Los Angeles for dance and really focus on my passion of uh, being a choreographer. Yeah. So, so yeah. 
What was the yeah, narrative? So twice. So the narrative was always like, I mean, you were singing then clearly like at the same time when you're performing. Like, did Yeah, you... singing didn't really stop until college when I really started to focus right. solely on dance. What were the shows that made her you know kickball change like what what like i was a wicked girl like deep sick like i'd play world of warcraft for like 30 hours straight and listen to the wicked soundtrack over and over and over again it's hysterical oh my god no literally i could probably quote oh you know that part in thank goodness when she says there are bridges you crossed you didn't know you crossed until you crossed damn if i had a tramp stamp like that's where i'm at no not the tramp yeah. stamp. <laughs> no taint tattoo but wait, okay. uh, yeah, more more Christian. Now, what, what was your, like, did you have a show that you really, like, stuck on? Like, yeah, of course. I mean, Cabaret's my favorite musical. It has uh, since I was 14 years old. Like, I just yes. love it. And it's gritty. It's dark. It's beautiful. It it's funny. It's sad. It, it has all the peaks and valleys that I look for in, like, a That's well a good descriptor, story. too, like, peaks and valleys. Because it can be, like, a fun time. I mean, I love Mamma Mia, too, because all the only problem that happens yeah. is that it rained. But, you know, like, uh, oh, Cabaret is great. I actually went to college, speaking of college, with Roy Scheider's son. Okay. And he was a super nice guy. He had a lovely pair of chinos on almost every day. Of course um, he did. <laughs> yeah, obviously. So then you found, so then you, what, was there anything about dance that, like, made it the avenue in which you decided to, like, make it your primary study? Like, was there any sort of dancer, dance-focused thing that was, like, that was the one, like, I got to do that? No, I think it was more like my my voice changed. Obviously, I went uh -huh. through puberty. I lost my little sweet Oliver mm. twist, like, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think then, you know, I just became less confident as a singer. I felt much more confident as a dancer and really as a choreographer. I think that's in high school, right. that's when I started really making the switch of like, oh, I actually like being off screen too. Yeah. And, and being a part of the production and producing something. So I think that's yeah. that's when I really was like, okay, you know, maybe singing isn't my strong suit and I can pursue dance more fully. Right. And, you know, it's funny as I like spent this last week watching through your material, it's like, you know, all your videos and stuff like that, all these performances, like, you know, I watched it. I watched this one amazing video of you dancing with Barbie's Addiction, who I've been obsessed with for years. Um, if you don't know who they are, go Google them. They are the T. Um, it's like, do you were watching you embody movement that I can just tell that you've created is so particular because it's so for me and I'm curious like I got really into directing at around the same sort of time in playwriting when I was like damn I don't think acting really works for me because I felt like maybe as a queer person I couldn't embody the as a young person what I thought were like the accepted forms of performance I was like, oh, I can make things for other people on, on the outside. Like I can see that performing gender, but I can't perform my own. And in an active theater environment or whatever. Like, did that, does that resonate with you at all? Yeah, I mean, I just think for me, it was like the parts I wanted. You had to right. be a tenor and I wasn't really a tenor anymore. So it was like, okay, well, the universe is telling me to take what talents I do have and like really elaborate on those and dive into those. Right, and also like, but furthermore- like, Hold on one second, my, my computer's gonna die. I'm sorry, hold on. Oh, it's fine. I'm gonna take this as my own private commercial break. This week's episode is sponsored by no one. No one from the makers of nothing and anything comes no one. Um, use the code Ben for 100% off nothing. All right, I guess I'll narrate what's happening. Um, my neighbors across the street. Oh, she's putting on a pink jacket. Yes. What is that? Oh, it's a shawl. And then my neighbor across the street while you were gone put on a sort of cape 
like a hot pink capelet. And so I that's, think that's perfect for a Tuesday. I think it, it is a perfect, especially because it's going to rain here in Brooklyn. And she's, but she should probably get a hood. But either maybe she just has said, you know what, this part can be covered. I need to let this free. Right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like that for her too. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, but you know, I've just like it's funny for me. Like, I actually studied dance a little bit in college too, like not extensively, but it was another sort of narrative that I found. Like, and I'm interested as someone who like actively participates in gender performance, like every day. Did you ever feel like watching, like you know, I even the, the famous choreographers, like I, the Bill T. Jones Company was in residency at my college, and I would watch them and be like, wow, this is the queerest thing of all time. But at the same time, like. I still did not feel like, even though I'm not like an, as a not masculine person, I could ever embody that kind of like energy in performance. Does that make any sense? Like, is that, was that anything that you felt sort of like common ground with as well in your work? No, I was very young and very confident and you couldn't tell me I couldn't be anything. I love that. Yes, good. You were I, like, was, I was a cocky little bitch. I mean, I had toured professionally at the age of 14. So really? Like, I really owned who I was and, and, you know, I mean, it really wasn't until Drag Race and I got beat down in public that I was right. like, ooh, humble thyself, humble ooh, thyself. Geez. Well, I mean, Before I'm... that, I was very much like a go-getter. And yeah, like, I thought I could play straight. Are you kidding? But you probably could. I'm sure I couldn't, but... You probably could. I now. thought I could. But listen, I mean, I understand that feeling. I mean, I think I was a lot like that as well before Power Bottom fell apart. I mean, I... But I, at the same time, I almost question that narrative. It's like, you could do that now if you wanted, but it's not something you really it's not necessary like that's another thing I've kind of had to take on it's like hmm maybe I could do that I could spend the work and I could really research it and like look into that sort of idea but whatever wearing a wig is more fun anyway um who are you bitch there should be like a wow song there maybe I heard noise oh you'll have to add that I think post post she's a post girl (laughs) um so that's so so that's amazing then so then so you you go through college and like, who are the choreographers that you really like? You know, this is a funny thing. Do you like Eddie Izzard at all? Oh, it's my absolute... My sister loves him. I think your sister and I need to go um, maybe smoke the green stuff sometime. <laughs> but she that too. I love that. But so, um, but yeah, you know, uh, Eddie Izzard says in one of uh, his stand-up specials, uh, you got to come out of a book. It's like, there's got to be a thing that you're like, that's the one, like, I'm walking out of this, like, that's what I'm going to make. For me, it was actually Eddie Izzard, and then I found music after. But, like, was there a choreographer that you, like, sort of came out of a book on? I loved so many choreographers, yeah. and I still do to this day. Um, I mean, it was funny that you mentioned Bill T. Jones, because I absolutely yeah. loved his work with Arnie oh Zane. God. Yes, of um, But I also was super inspired by, and still am today, my favorite choreographer, Yuri Killian. He worked a lot with Netherlands Dance Theater. He's oh my gosh. an amazing, amazing movement inventor, for sure. Cool. Um, and then, of course, like, my musical theater days, I can't get rid of them. So, like, Bob Fosse has always been hat off. <laughs> of course that's my signature weed smoke it's just <gasps> is that what that is i mean everyone who smokes weed does this but for me yes it's that's why mine is like very like hard like oh, and the line is so perfect oh my god i need a benadryl that's so good not a benadryl oh that's my new drag name ben a drill okay i like it i know uh wait I love that. And it makes so much sense with what you also with the way that you like you paint as well too. like there's some Fosse vibes in your makeup. Have you ever gotten that feedback before? No, but I could see that. Sure. Sometimes when I see the way that you've painted your lower lashes, they look a little bit. Um, they give me a Liza Minnelli energy. 
I definitely do be wearing a PC bottom lash. Yeah, like a, like what yeah. they call those twiggy lashes. Yeah. Yeah, I've just sort of seen that and I was like, oh, I wonder if she likes that because I fucking love that. I shit. definitely love that vibe. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I think Fosse was such a particular person. He knew exactly what he wanted. So I wouldn't be surprised if he had his hands in the makeup or the whole, you know, styling of, of it. Um, I wonder but if I don't Capricorn. know him to be a part of that. We better Google what his sign is. I wonder if Alexa. You think he's the Capricorn? Alexa, what sign is Bob Fosse? Oh, she can't connect to the internet right now. We'll figure that out. I'll put that in in post. <laughs> My Alexa said sorry. She doesn't know that. Oh, I love that. Did you just have a trans uh, transcoastal Alexa, Alexa, what sign is Bob Fosse? Cancer. Okay. Well, we love a cancer energy too. Um, that's amazing. Okay, wow. Sorry. Alexa, stop talking to me. You're annoying me. <laughs> then you would say like "cayate," like 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 you gotta be have like there needs to be like some phrase you can tell her. To Alexa, stop. stop. <laughs> Jeez. I know. The other Look night we were, we were watching um we were watching Selling Sunset. Have you watched that yet? I have not. Uh, do you like a reality television show? I do, but I think that one looks a little too much for me, Mom. Uh, you know what? It's actually so nothing. It's the most meaningless television show ever, and I find it to be like, oh, it's like this listing on Doheny. Like, what are we going to do? And you're like, I don't know or care, but, like, I my brain's off. Like, it's great. Not Doheny. That's hysterical. I'm dying. <laughs> no, it's very – you'll love it. It's very L.A. I mean – for me, I mean, I real. I don't think I'll love that. I don't want to be LA. I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay. that. No, it's like funny. Like you, I find it like if it was New York, I'd be like, oh, they're trying to sell something on the West Side West Side Highway, like LOL, or like whatever. Right, right, right. Anyway, we'll, we'll go deep into that toilet later. Um, so back to who are you, bitch? So anyway, you go through college. That's amazing. Um, by the way, I'm gonna for anyone listening, I'm gonna li- uh, do links to all of these people and sort of references that we mentioned in the information on my Instagram, so you can Google them yourself when you're done. Because that's like my favorite thing to do when I listen to a podcast. It's like, or like people who create things, is like figure out what they like and then steal it. Um, but <laughs> right, we all do that. Um, but yeah. So then, when did drag enter the conversation? Like. Like, was there any particular, like, day, like, when you were just, like, shit, I'm putting a wig on? Or, like, what? Like, is it a gradual? Like, what happened? Well, I think I've always uh, expressed my energy through feminine clothing. I think at a young age, you know, I can remember as far as, like, 13 even, where I was putting on my sister's clothing and, you know, putting on shows for people at musical theater camp and semi-drag. So I think I always had an interest in it. But what I always tell people is that drag chose me. I did not choose. I tried to stay away from it as far as possible. Like I was always like, I'm not going to shave my legs. That's too queer. You mm. know, and like I've, I definitely had that Texas mentality right. of being too queer, of being too feminine. Um, but I think in college, you know, that was the first time that I was really allowed to be on my own and explore yeah. life through my own lens and not the lens of my parents. Right. And that's when I really discovered, you know, myself. And so I began expressing my femininity, you know, as most, I think most people do, which is a Halloween, you know, I, dress I up knew it. <laughs> it's, the, it's the one acceptable time in society where guys can be girls. And, right. you know, and once I did it once, that was it. It was like yeah, a bug that bit me and I just like loved it. And, you know, the next thing you knew, I started going to like our, our weekly art parties, which we had in the gallery of Cal Arts every Thursday. Very cool. I started going and dragged to those. I and love that. The next thing you know, it was like, okay, now I'm going to perform 
as Laganja for the first time ever, we had an event called CalArts, which is the school I went to, right. is burning, named after Paris. Is oh, cool. And it was like the first drag event in the school in a long time. I'm sure right. back in the 80s when the school was there, they had plenty of drag, but it Hello. was kind of a rebirth of drag at the school. And yeah, I, I just performed for everyone and it was just this amazing feeling. And I knew that I wanted to pursue it more seriously. Right. And so that's when I entered the amateur contest at Mickey's. And that right. was kind of like what set me on to the road to be on Drag Race. Right. I mean, which is such an interesting, you know, my feelings on Drag Race are so complicated. I mean, obviously, as someone who's participated in it as well, like, I mean, I don't think I would have ever probably gotten in drag if it wasn't for a Drag Race, like, which is something that I think maybe people would be afraid to say now. They're like, I was into it before, or like, I've never even heard of that show. But it's like, no, come on, like, be honest, like, it's the thing. I mean, for me, I saw um, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert as a kid, and that messed me up forever. And then I saw I went to Jacques by accident in Boston and I saw Katya perform when I was like 15 years old. <laughs> they like snuck me in and I was like, what am I doing here? And uh, yeah, it, it messed me up. But, you know, like that whole scene in L.A., like there there are so many amazing places to perform at. Um, and like as far as like you can win an amateur contest and get on a show and like if you're good, like you can keep going and stuff. But when like when did the like the impetus of going to, on that show like like did you did you audition a few times or did you get right on or like how did it like what was that process like i mean i'm sure that they knew you were Alyssa's drag daughter so it kind of they were like maybe that would work out or whatever i mean if this is too weird to talk about all no, that it's not i mean out. absolutely they they definitely i think had their eye on me because i was Alyssa's daughter and, Alyssa. and you're amazing which well is yeah like, of course yeah. i mean that was part of it and i had built you know, a, a large following on Instagram, especially I knew who you were. at that time, you mm -hmm. know, I had 10K before I went on the show, which yeah. back in the day, seven years lot, ago, girl. that was a lot, especially for a queer underground artist. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and basically, yeah, I auditioned once and I got on right away. And pretty wow. much once I entered the amateur contest in Mickey's and won and became a regular showgirl, I started taking drag very seriously. I knew yeah. at that point that I wanted to be on Drag Race and that I was going to be. There was just no other option. Yeah. I mean, so it, I, I worked line. for it and made sure my performances were legendary and did the work I needed to. And then obviously having Alyssa as a backer was huge. Right. And um, yeah, I, that's, I think, how I got on. I mean, yeah. And you know, it's funny. Like, I remember I was sitting in my room when the cast list was announced. Because, like, I've, I've been, you know, it's funny. For years, I had a secret drag race podcast. <laughs> <laughs> called RuPaul's Best Friend Race that we like would release on tour and like no one heard it. it was great but I mean even before that like I remember seeing you and being like I knew who that person is like I've seen them on this YouTube channel like they're amazing I can't wait to see how it went and that's before I kind of got in touch with the degree to which like it's not a drag contest it's a TV show it is it's it's, it's a square and a rectangle situation like you know whatever and I mean it's not even like I've, I've heard you unpack this a million times, like to go through it is just, you know, whatever. It's like not that important, but like if you go through that experience, all of it happens and you come out the other side. And I mean, it's so insane the way that the world reacts to queer artists on a reality television show as if it is a factual experience that is not produced in any way whatsoever. And to me, 
like even as someone who was ignorant at the time, I was like, damn, this is horrible. This person's being publicly shamed for being absolutely amazing. Like how dare this happen to this person? So even before I randomly met you one time at an SIR in LA, I was like, wow, I love this person. I would love to meet them someday. Like I hope we could become friends. Um, but then I, I was obsessed with Rai Rai. I've been obsessed with Rai Rai. Like since the first time I heard her, I was like, holy crap, this person is talented. So to just circumvent the whole drag race nonsense, when I heard you put that song out, I was like, oh my God, this person can rap and has amazing taste. Like that song Legs is like one of my, it's the best drag race girl song. I'm sorry. I'm just going to say Thank that. You. Oh yeah. I mean, listen, I like all the other ones. I like them all, but that song is so, your rap quality is as good as hers. And it, it's just so unbelievably queer and fun we used to play it after shows actually i love it <laughs> yeah i would put it on like like when we'd be packing up i'd be like yeah like let's go legs overhead like a pretzel like yes. yeah of course no it's so so good and my no okay i guess now this the section of who are you bitch is over and the, the new section is what are you doing now bitch uh, or what's up bitch <laughs> what's up bitch <laughs> maybe your will just be called bitch bitch it'll be bitch with like a question mark and it's me going, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But um, I want to talk about your music because I think I have, I have a gripe with you. Why have you not put a record out? Because <laughs> it know, costs money. That's what I was about to say. Of course, I know why. I've made three of them and it's been insane. It's yeah. so expensive. It is something that I think people maybe listening to this are like, probably maybe have had the same thought. And they're like, they've said the same thing to me too. Like, why didn't you put a record out sooner? Like after the band broke up, it's like um, money. You know how much a music video costs? Like your right. music videos are incredible. You know how much- well, I only have costs? one real one, so thank you. But um, that, I have other ones. They're you have just not film real. things, but like the one for- um, Look oh, at me. Thank it's you. It's my yes. real one. Yeah. With the car and the, the you yeah. walk through the like the airport terminal thing and pull the keys out of the guy's pocket. Yeah, live for yeah. that part. Um, like, I, I think it's important for people to realize that, like, nothing is gained financially from creating a music video. Like, you lose money, a lot of money on it. It is a calling card. It is a thing you can send to people and be like, please hire me, like, whatever. But, like, I just find your music to be incredible and your writing to be really good and fun, too. Well, I'm not really a writer, so I want to give well. Let's ask cool much about credit that. To everyone do you, who's been involved because I you write your lyrics? Different. No, you, I do not. Really? That's no. where you perform them so beautifully. Because, but I'm curious though. Like, I'm a part of the writing process, yeah. but I don't write the lyrics. I give the ideas, what I want the song to be about, uh, certain phrases, different words. But no, I mama, that's with, writing. I'm sorry. I'm it is. I'm still. I'm on the writer's thing. You know, I get a, a small percentage of that. I do count, of course, because I'm directing the yeah, track. But, of course. But no, I, I. That's why I always am so open about it because I think it's so important. So many people work with writers, but and so many you people know, take aren't it open about own. that. Yeah. Huh? And so many people aren't open about the fact that they do too, which is yeah. And I think it's crazy. I love yes. the collaborators I work with. Krista Youngs is an amazing, amazing artist. Jay I'll Tyler, who wrote most of all. the music I'm working on right now. Um, you awesome. know, Legs was written uh, by Ashley Breathe, who actually created the track. And also shout out to David Locke, who got mm -hmm. Rai Rai on that track for me, uh, which is incredible. He's a dear friend of mine, photographer, who I've amazing. worked with at the beginning. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's all about the collaboration to me. And so for that's sure. why like, I love to give props where they're due, mama. Thanks. Someone does. You know how many songwriters Hotline Bling has, baby? 100. 100 really? people wrote that song. Yeah. 
But you know who say people say wrote it? Drake. Right. And Drake did write it. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, I work with a bunch of musicians. Like I, my new record, they're like, oh, it's Ben Hopkins's album. I heard my, held my breath for a really long time once. But, you know, there's some songs like, I, there's a song called I Don't Know on it. That's Sabia, who's the other singer in the band. And I co-wrote it. Like we sat down and did it. There's other parts of the, of the record that, you know, I have written with people. Like I don't play the saxophone, but my sax player played the saxophone. And like, it, it's important for me, like in this podcast to sort of demystify the process behind making things like with people who make things and just be honest about it like yeah and also but at the same time like i just hope you give yourself a little credit like you are a writer of that song and those songs i am a what you are a writer of those songs mary tina oh thank you no yeah. i do I, I give myself credit for sure yeah. but i also just know what my strong suit is and where yeah. i'm most useful and so I don't see it as a weakness or I'm not as Good. much of an artist as someone else because I don't write the lyrics. I mean, I think like I'm smart for knowing that's something I'm not good at. And yes. so I hire correct people to do that. Like it's that's what most Capricorn artists who care about their art should do. You yes. know, listen, I mean, I don't know the actual particularities of, a, a, of Cardi B's writing process, but I know that she works with some amazing people and her lyrics are devastatingly genius and her performance of them is what really makes them great, you know? So there's, there's an artistry in the performance of it. No one, ever looks, no one ever looks at a classical musician and being like, well, he played that piece by Bach, but he didn't write it. Like there, there's right. this weird like narrative of creation around music and especially like queer music that I find to be like, this idea of authorship is so um, like mystified and like really annoying to me. And it's just like, as someone like, well, you're in the video, you, you choreograph that shit, right? And, no. And, really? For Look At Me? No, I hired a choreographer. Who did it? Uh, her name is Comfort Fidoki. She's <gasps> a from So You Think You Can Dance? Yeah. Oh my God, are you serious? Yeah, she actually was, um, we went to high school together and my mother what? was a high school counselor. Yeah, isn't that wild? What? She was the first queen I ever saw with an eyebrow ring. And I was like, oh my God, I need one of those. And I begged my parents, they wouldn't like, give me one. Wait, I love it. I love her. Yeah. Jeez. So see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I like to bring in others because you're right. I could have totally choreographed that myself and For it sure. would have been great. But I wanted it to have a different vibe. I yes. wanted, you know, to bring in another artist and she's a dear friend and Fantastic. I respect her work so much and you know, the, there's a lyric in the song about Missy Elliott and Comfort dances with Missy Elliott. Yes, so I was like, does. hey, I may not have Missy, but it's like the next best thing. Yes. We praise Missy, by the way. Yes, uh, I know. Well, that's my dream, dream feature, obviously. You know, I got to tell you something. The, the third section of the show is called, what do you want to do next, bitch? <laughs> well, there it is. What I want to do next is work that's with Missy Elliott, bitch. Wait a minute. That's so fantastic. So, I mean, I also, I also wanted to ask you about So You Think You Can Dance, because for me, there was its own weird sort of gender experience happening there because i lived for that show giving you hands right now i watched yes. it every day every week i surely did twirl in my living room i know everything like from the original seasons like with hawk and all like i watched every single episode and i was like i wish i could take dance classes and i was always too afraid to do it and i really regret it um still can i still surely surely elizabeth can absolutely surely elizabeth can she's coming to the stage uh, but you know what i'm saying like i oh god that's so cool comfort fidoke is the tea yeah that, that dance she did with forever our for to forever by chris brown thumbs down but love that song oh, right so good is that right? right is it forever i think so yeah i, I know think so too either way but listen like you're the work you've put out is so great and i mean i just i 
I, also your features on other people's songs have been amazing too. That feature did an Alaska song is fantastic as well. I'm going to cut things in periodically, I think in post, like, you know, put a, give a little bit of the, give the kids a taste of all the, the, the shit. I told you you're going to be a post queen. Get oh, ready. No, I'm a post, come on. I'm on a post queen. <laughs> uh, I'm a post queen queen. Um, but you know, <laughs> um, like I just, I'm so curious, like, like watching you put out things during quarantine also is another reason why like I was like oh my god the first one I have to talk to is Laganja like I tell me if I am mistaken here because I'm I'm in, this is like a like a mod we're discussing the modern period of time did you or did you not enter in on a car during a digital drag show <laughs> I did friend and then jumped off of it into the splits onto concrete okay I have two important questions number one how dare you um actually three questions number two thank you with a question mark on it and number three why do they call it the splits my whole life i thought it was a fucking split do you know what i'm saying girl people have been doing this they say the splits in my mind and i've always heard it it's a split because you do it one time how do you call it am i crazy (laughs) i've never thought about this i think it's both ways but it shouldn't be you stand in a I don't know. I'm both ways and I have a problem with it. Well, then don't, freak. I think I I need to chill. Except that it's both. I think I need to chill the fuck out, apparently. She reached for the bong. She's had it. (laughs) Because that's what also like when people say in a line or on a line, I have no idea what it's supposed to be. Do you know what I'm talking about? In a line or on a line? Like, are you online or are you in line? Like, are you online? line? Because they're different. In line is when you're waiting for something. Online is like if you're actually on a line. But for me, the splits and us splits, like if you do two of the splits in a row, then those are the splits that you've done. No, because you could say she hit a split or you could say she hit the splits. You could say either one. I think I need to go wander the desert for 50 years until I figure out how I feel about this. No, it's not that important. I promise. It's really not. Okay, we don't worry about her. Oh, you're hitting that dab right now. That is, that's a gorgeous piece. Yes. (laughs) Just like you, a gorgeous piece. Oh, stop. Yeah, well, I will. Um, but that's so amazing. I, I mean, I also like in this what, what's up, bitch. Is that what I called it section? Um, I'd love to talk about So You Think You Can Dance because I think I like I saw I was mine. You know what I was doing? I was catering an event out in Connecticut. <laughs> I will never forget it. It was a horrible day. It was raining. I was like minding my own fucking business. And I looked at my phone and something popped up that you were, I did, I had auditioned for the show. And I was like, I know that woman. I'm writing her a goddamn email. And like, can you tell me about that experience? Because it's such a, like, for me, it's such an iconic, like, listen, is, is it a silly show? Yeah, whatever. But, like, for me, like, I was, like, it, it really brought just, like, performance to television every week with all these, like, great people. And, like, it really meant a lot to me. Like, what was that, what was that like for you? Like, especially because you were in such an interesting gendered position. Yeah, I mean, it was a childhood dream come true for me. Work. I watched that show in dance camp. I watched that uh. show, like, in so many different periods of my life that means so much to me so to be able to prove to myself that like I could be there and I could be there as a gender queer drag queen yeah specifically for season 15 right that was just you know such a powerful moment I feel and I feel like I really legitimized what it means to be a drag queen and that you know you can be gender queer and still be really really talented because for so many so many seasons on that show anybody like me or similar to me was used as as a gag 
and yes. is used as, as a joke. Laugh and at. you know, Nigel wasn't as kind to no. many many people before me. But you know, the great thing that happened on that show is I really did change Nigel's mind. And I you saw really it did. Happen. I watched I saw it, happen. it happen in front of my eyes. And and I think that that was the best gift from that show. Obviously, I wish I'd gone on to the live rounds, which is yes. why I went back the following year as yes. myself. Because I knew ultimately that's what they wanted. They wanted yes. me to be a male. Um, because even though I changed Nigel's mind, Nigel's one piece of that puzzle. And that puzzle is Fox TV and, you know, national news. So Hello. I tried to play their game as a male, but unfortunately, you know, I just wasn't, I really think, honestly, strong enough. I think most of the kids that got picked for season 16 were 21 and under. Mm -hmm. And I was 30 years old, the oldest you can be to legally enter that competition. Which so, is so like weird. It's like the oldest, what's the age limit on dancing? Like, like, like. Yeah, but I understand I because it. of how rigorous that show is. And it then is. they tour you immediately after the show ends. Yes, and I do. it is very physically demanding. And in many ways, you know, I'm glad I didn't get on because right. that just sounds like hell. But <laughs> I created a really strong relationship with them. They're very supportive. I still talk to the showrunner like almost every day on Instagram. She's such a huge supporter. I love that. So like, I feel like that lineage is not over. You know, unfortunately, due to Corona specifically, they did end their show. It is yeah. not currently airing any longer. But mm -hmm. I still have hope that it will come back and that ultimately I will be a part of that, i.e. a choreographer on the uh, show. Oh, my God, if you put the boys in drag and the girls Say what? in drag. If you put the boys in drag and get like Landon Sider to put the girls in drag, like can you do a gender reverse number? Because <gasps> oh, you know what? It's funny, like we underestimate the degree to which this stuff gets disseminated like out into the world. Like there are places all over the world that will find that and will have no concept of the things that we take for granted. And I have to remember that a lot when I'm like, well, they didn't go this far, like whatever, but it's like, hey, listen, even seeing someone like you on television will change somebody's life. And even listen, it's a product, it's a silly thing, it's a fantasy, it's whatever. But, you know, when we would tour to places like, you know, we'd, uh, it's weird to stop talking about this and not like take on some weird sort of savior-esque language at the same time. But I do feel like when we would play in places like, you know, we played in Mississippi when these like neo-Nazis came and protested the show and like showed up with flag like flags and like you're gonna die fag signs and all stuff like that. Like those people who came to the show had heard power bottom and it meant something to them and they wanted to come. And so all over the world, like there is a lot of um like even you just showing up on that show and hey, maybe you get to come back and do some fierce choreography. Like they'll see someone like you and be like, damn, I wish I I'm going to be like that when I become myself. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do, what I do. I, yeah. I really do. I mean, besides the fact that art feeds my soul and it's the only yeah. language that I really know how to speak, Hello. it's that I really believe I have the power to change the way people think and feel, a la Nigel, a la whoever. Yeah. And that's why it's like, I do what I do because I see that, you know, whether it's the most viewed or not or the highest rated or not, yeah, I am changing people's lives by being who I am. And, and I someone's think changed like your life like that too. To yeah. We just need to be ourselves. Totally. And you, you know what? Like, that's another reason why I was so interested in doing this podcast. It's like, for me, like picking up on like, I think queer people like pick up on every little piece of ephemera that we can get our hands on. We're like, what's this video? Like, ooh, they made that reference to that person. Like, or at least I do. Like, I want to find out who that is. Like, ooh, what, who inspired this dance person I like? Like, I want to find that community and like join in this community and like be a part of a thing. And I, as someone who 
felt very alone for many years after my first project fell apart and everything went on. I, I like, it's so inspiring for me to like find out about like, you know, what did you say? Like Netherlands choreographer person. Like I've never heard of that person before. I'm going to go Google them after this. And, like, Deary like, Killian. J-I-R-I. I'll post it on the stories and put it in the bio. Um, all right. You should watch his piece, Petite More. Oh, which means the little or, orgasm. It's like an orgasm, right? Yeah, yeah, right. We love that. Gorgeous. My whole life is a grommore. Um, All right. Does that mean big orgasm or big tragedy? <laughs> I don't know. All right. So the final section of this incredible podcast, this, this genre-defining podcast, is going to be um, called, What Are Your Dreams, Bitch? <laughs> and you know what? It's funny, like, when I think about you as someone who, like, I know, I, I never, did I say the way that we met? I don't know if you did. I don't think I did. So the way that we, I had, ironically enough, had just been filming at World of Wonder, like, 10 minutes before when we did our, what's it called, like, Besties for Cash or whatever, oh. like, we, we did that. And then I was at SIR renting an amp for a show, and you were there rehearsing something. And I walked up to you and I was just like, hey, like, I don't know if this is weird, but like, I just did something at World of Wonder. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm playing the show tonight if you're around. And you came. Like, See, I don't remember that at all. How funny. I just remember your show and seeing you after the show. Yes. Like, you know, I invited you at SIR. Like, I had. What is you. SIR? It's studio instrument rentals, but it has a re- rehearsal studio in it. Like you what were was I rehearsing for? I don't know. It was like some dance. Like there were some fierce dancers with you. I walked up to you and I was like, hi, I'm Ben from this band. Like, I really like your art and like, I'm playing the show. If you're around. That's so sweet. I'm sure you did. I just don't remember that. <laughs> I just I remember being at your show and being like, oh my God, this is amazing. And yeah. whoever I was with, I was like, we have to stick around and meet them afterward. Yeah, no, it was funny. Cause I invited you. I was like, you got to come hang out. Like whatever. And then we hung out and it, 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 it's just funny. It's like, when I met you, I was like, you know, like you were such a 3D person to me as like all people are, but like, I, you know, we had this sort of private conversation. I would, I'm not bringing it up too deep, but I was like, I listened to your song. I was like, this song is just so good. And it's like, I feel like it's easy, like to be known for a thing like Drag Race or like my band that fell apart in this horrifying way and all this stuff like that. But it's like, what, like if, if everything really worked out, like, what do you want to make? Like, what's the creation that you really want to pursue making? Because, like, I'm sure you have something in the tank. Like, no money, whatever. Like, would you want to put a record out? Like, do you want to do some Netherlands-ass ballet? Like, what's like what's on the menu for you and your dreams? I mean, I have so many dreams, friends. Right. So it's very, it's complicated because mm-hmm. I feel like I can go in so many directions, and Same. I really want to. I mean, Same. you know, I think that's been definitely part of the thing that slowed me down but that's made me who I am that I am like a twister board and I'm like okay I'm gonna go in all these directions but yes obviously I want to put out an album Hyconic I've been teasing it for over two years Hyconic yes yes so so I'm working on that um I want to have definitely my own television show and I have several different ones that I've been working on obviously Muse Me which we touched a little bit on right with my best friend Robert Heyman. He's a photographer, makeup artist, hairstylist, editor, he's director. Genius. He's genius. So, and we have very little money. So that series right. we're working on pitching. Um, we also have our own cartoon, which is really <gasps> weird and zany that we're working on. Well, it's not. We've already done the cartoon. Now we're working on getting it bought. Basically. Hello. Um, and then you know, I'm attached to other projects with other friends too. Like I, I'm in my other friends series that's all about beauty school. Amazing. And I would play a character similar to myself 
who would be at the beauty school but is trying to become a drag queen. Like a young I really love to act. I want to go back to my musical theater roots. So I want to yeah. act. I want to be in a television show. I want to have a book. I want to have a perfume. I want to have a yeah. fashion line. Yes. I mean, I really, I want to do it all. I want to direct a Cirque du Soleil. Oh. I have a whole envision for that. Oh. I mean, I want to a dance company. I don't know. I just feel like, why should we limit ourselves to one thing? Like the sky's the limit. So that's yeah. how I dream. I dream of an infinity pool. I mean, I dream of it all. Yeah. Elevators in the house, drivers. Hello. I want Selling it all. sunsets. What? <laughs> Selling sunsets. Basically. If I have to be on a show like that to get my house, so be it, Gorge. I oh just got my house and I'm going to work my ass off until I get it. Baby, your dreams are an escrow. I feel good about it. Um, you know what? Like, that's so true, though. And you know what's funny? Like, this thought, my, my therapist said to me at this point where I was like, I'm done. Like, I feel satisfaction from creating what little I do. And like, I don't know. I just had, I was so basically over it all. I was just like, I give up. And they said to me, there's little time it, like in the long term, but there's a lot of time in the short term. So really work on your short term before the long term is over. And that really meant a lot to me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do everything I want to do, even if I do it really badly, because who fucking cares? I've been um, starting to draw my cats. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta start somewhere, Gorge. It's so bad, <laughs> but I love it. I've been like doing like very like look at Dabra's in the background. Like, why not me, sis? Um, oh, she has her own wall right here. Don't worry. Okay, we'll include a pic of that. Um, but you know, like I just I don't know. I love that. I go to muse. My partner's an art history PhD candidate, and so I go to like museums and stuff a lot when Miss Rona isn't taking it all away. And I was like, I could do that. And I made all of our album covers. Um, so like, you know, why not? Like maybe I could try drawing. So I'm drawing now. And also I want to own a cocktail bar eventually because I'm good at doing that too. Yeah, I, I like work 45 hours a week in a cocktail bar in the East Village these days. I have a cocktail bar. So yeah, you got to have one. I'm going to come over and make us a nice no ABV drink, honey. Um, okay. Yeah, it's good. Well, like, listen, um, I... Don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, it is just such a pleasure to talk to you and see you. I just think you're such a genius Capricorn pussy popping queen. Um, is there anything that in particular you want to plug? I mean, I know that Muse Me comes out. What, what is there? A Muse Me season one is done. So you done. can watch it in its entirety. And it's amazing. On my YouTube channel. Yes, definitely check that out. Also super proud of Up in Smoke, which was yes. my original play that I wrote. And start in, that's also on my YouTube, although you do have to be 18 years old to watch that. Damn, it is I'm a little, 14. A little naughty. Oh. Um, but yeah, check out my YouTube. I'm really working hard during quarantine to keep content up there regularly. And you're um, almost at 100,000 followers, so go follow this woman. Very, very close. Woman. Hoping that this will be the year that I can finally do that. You get a plaque? We should like. You do. You like, get a really small plaque, but I, I will love it and, and cherish it so much. Turn it into a bong. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I've That's seen YouTubers idea. today. Yeah, then you, you should do a video with Mark. That would be amazing. I would love that. I really should, though. Thank you, you really for should. reminding me that I have to look him up right now and go check out that thing with uh, Eric Badu. We'll post a clip of it. Um, listen, uh, okay, that's amazing. Okay. Obviously, follow Laganja, Stranja, and everything. Um, Jay, just I love you, babe. It's so good to see you. And talk I love to you, you too, babe. It's great uh, to see you. I'm glad you're back and in action and giving us music and making podcasts and going after your dreams. You yeah, it. but you know, and honestly, it's funny that you'd say that because you know what my dream is like, really genuinely, it's just to be around things that are made. 
there's so much beauty in things that are just creating things like for me I get as much satisfaction as creating an incredible like like a really good daiquiri or something like as I do in making music and it's just like for me maybe that's just like the raging Libra in me it's just like I just want to be putting all the stuff out so I'm very happy to be doing it again I actually just announced my record uh like 45 minutes before I I, I we hopped on this podcast October 16th, hey, everybody. Wait, wait. I already knew about that, I thought. Yeah, the release date, though, I, like, put it out okay. like, into the world. So that's great. Yeah. Um, so the last section in this podcast, I, I think it's going to be, I, I think that's good. It's like, who are you, bitch? What's up, bitch? And what are your dreams, bitch? Is that what I fucking said? I don't think so. It's all right. No one will care. We'll, <laughs> but it. we'll go back and we'll rearrange her. Um, but uh, the last section is, what, <laughs> this, this is another phrase that I heard in therapy is, what lives rent free in your head? You got to pick one clip and I'm going to play one every week. And then my guest is going to play one. I'm going to send you a link to something right now. It's really weird, but it's a video of the all American rejects playing in Malaysia. <laughs> Hold on. Rejects Malaysia. Here we go. And they're all American rejects. Me fucking too, but they're clearly having the time of their fucking lives. And at around, um, uh, there's like, you know, there's a bridge at the end of the song. I'm going to do a, sh- I'm just going to send it to you. All right. So start at, um, I'm texting you now. Oh my God. Um, this will be much more elegant in post, but I'm texting you this clip now. Watch around at, at minute. I just texted it to your phone. Skip to two minutes in. He loses his mind, looks at the crowd and screams. Come on, Malaysia! <laughs> and it lives rent-free in my head at almost every hour of the day. Where am I going to? I'll look at your cell phone. Do you feel it, Malaysia? Yeah. I Give hope this gets you hell. Give it two minutes in. This is so hot. This is so hot. They're from uh, Oklahoma. Wait, he loses his mind right here. Right. The trade. All right. Right. This is, it lives rent free in my head. So what am I listening for? You'll see it. So the bridge comes up. All right. It's at the end of the bridge. So hot. It's here. Oh, it's about to happen. Mm. Right here. <laughs> it's just that. I don't know why, but it lives rent free in my head. What does that even mean? I don't know. But he just, it's just the way he goes, come on, Malaysia. <laughs> it's just my, uh, I like it so much that my Dungeons and Dragons group, which is another thing that I'm very obsessed with, um, I have a sound button on my soundboard for that. That's just that clip. No. Yes. You're lives- really about that. Oh, so what does it mean that it lives rent-free in your head? I don't that get- at any time, I will be doing anything, washing the dishes, like petting the cat. It'll just be like, come on, Malaysia, like in my mind. It lives rent-free in my head. That's hysterical. Do you have anything that lives rent-free in your head? Like that just constantly, like for like another friend of mine, it's um, the scene in Paris is Burning when they say like, I'm as free as the wind on this beach. Like, you know, that shit. It's just like, it's just like some weird 
particle like particle of ephemera that just like constantly seems to be on your mind who got the keys to the jeep room oh my god we have to talk about that music video i mean i guess that lives in my head rent free do you have a jeep no do you need one sure okay we're gonna have to work on that oh we have that on my list of dreams as well (laughs) What are your dreams, bitch? So we'll put a vroom noise after it. What are your dreams, bitch? Um, so look, yeah, okay. So we'll put, a, we'll put it. So I, for those of you who don't know, that's a line from The Rain by Missy Elliott where she's in the big trash bag. And it's just her, 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 her it's her, 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 and Timothy. And they're just living their damn lives. Um, wow, what a beautiful ending moment. Jay Jackson, Lagantra Stranja, love you, baby. I'm going to see I you I love later. you, too. It was so good to see you. Good to see you, too. Um, let's, uh, Stay weird. Let's, let's, get, let's get weird again in person soon. Goodbye, dabbers. Goodbye, Lisa. All right, y'all, that was my interview with Laganja Estranja, a.k.a. Jay Jackson. Um, thank you so much for tuning into the first episode of my podcast. Whoa. Um, we're going to be putting out episodes every Tuesday, um, so keep your eyes open for that. Um, theoretically, this should be able to be found everywhere podcasts can be found, um, but we'll see if my technical abilities allow me to do that right now. Um, uh, yeah, next week we have an amazing guest. Um she put on a really ridiculous costume while we were talking. It was very upsetting and good. Um, follow me on Instagram. Follow Logan Strange on all of her social media platforms. And uh, yeah, see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye.